Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping cleaning professionals make the impact that they were meant to make. Are you talking too much? As you think about that question, let's do a funny papers edition. My family recently spent a month in Florida. Yes, I have talked about this extensively, and there will be more because it's a big deal. Let me tell a funny story that happened while we were in Florida. It's called Honeymoon Island. Oh, it was so beautiful. Honeymoon Island is one of the nicest beaches I've ever been on. We got to go there with our dear friends, the Altman family, and we went out to the jetty and we found some really cool shells. The water was shallow. It was clear. The sand was crystal white. It was beautiful in Honeymoon Island. The palm trees lining the road. Picturesque. The causeway from the mainland of the peninsula over to Honeymoon Island. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. How is this funny, Ken? Because I'm talking about our second trip to Honeymoon Island. The first trip, we were supposed to meet our friends the Weidmans and the Sorensons, who we were good friends with from upstate New York for many, many years. They were staying there, and it was a perfect meetup after church on Sunday. We drove our Honda Pilot, which had trucked its way from Pennsylvania to Florida. That thing was a real beast. It was doing so well. Oh, you can kind of see where this is going. And so we enter the causeway to Honeymoon Island. We can see the crystal blue on both sides of the causeway, the lined rows of palm trees. We could see the the water on the horizon. We were close. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Uh, uh, what was clunk, clunk, clunk? Teresa looked at me. I looked at Teresa. The kids were like, huh? I've figured oh okay so that must have been something i ran over i don't know and then clunk 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 again oh no clunk 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 twice is not a good sign and then the car basically sputtered and done turned off i'm coasting now fortunately i had just crossed a small bridge from causeway a to causeway b and i was in coasting mode And I was able to coast my pilot down into a condominium plex that was on the side, halfway from the mainland to Honeymoon Island itself. Oh boy. Here we are, coasting into this parking spot. Now we're very thankful we made it. Now in the spirit of the title of this episode, Are You Talking Too Much? I don't want to make this a long, funny story. But let's just say that clunk, clunk, clunk led to a series of risk-taking experiments with us praying and jumping our pilot with the help of another amazing human and then driving it from point A to point B. Clunk, clunk, clunk. And then from 
Oh, jump again. Point B to point C. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Can I please get you to jump my car point C to point D, which was the mechanic shop the next day? Ultimately, it was the alternator that was shot. We had to get a new one put on, $600 in Florida. Thank you very much. And we never made it to Honeymoon Island. We did not get to see the Weidman family or the Sorensen family. They had to do it alone without our presence, which I know they were able to cope just fine. Here's a cool story, too. At a couple of the clunk, 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 point A to point B, point B to point C, we were placed in situations where the people that were jumping our car were people that were in need. And it was totally a divine appointment. And in both circumstances, we were able to pray for the men that jumped our car. So although we may have been out an alternator, the people that God placed us in front of needed us to pray for them. And it was really sweet. It was very cool. And it made the entire experience very memorable to my wife, to me, to our children, to see that we were praying and believing that we would somehow get this car to the shop. And although we did accomplish that, in several stops, each stop led to some kind of a help or a breakthrough for somebody else just because we were there and we were willing to be used. So that's kind of a funny story leading into just a cool story. So I was hoping you would like Honeymoon Island. By the way, if you are ever in the Clearwater Peninsula area, you go just north of that to Dunedin and off from Dunedin, you will find Honeymoon Island. It is gorgeous. I hope you liked Honeymoon Island. Now let's have a quick word from our sponsor, the Teabag Company. Does your company clean any buildings with 10 or more trash cans to empty? Would you like to speed up the process if you do? The Smart Cleaning School highly recommends the Tea Bag Company as the answer to these two questions. We have personally used the tea bag in our commercial cleaning company and find that this simple tool cuts off five minutes per hour of trash removal. Now, this may seem insignificant, but a lot of a little adds up to a lot. In our company, a five-minute savings per week is worth $500 per customer per year. Not only do I endorse the product, but I completely endorse the person behind the product. Check out my interview with the Teabag Company founder entitled Respectful, Reliable, Responsible with Damon Washington. You can purchase any of the Teabag products at a 10% discount through the Smart Cleaning School Resources page. Okay, Smart Cleaning School, let's get to the main topic of today's episode. Are you talking too much? Teresa and I place a high value on our marriage and making sure to not only date each other, but to take annual honeymoons to connect. Do you see the link there from the funny story? See how I did that? Yeah, that was slick. We have five kids, and it's very difficult to get the one-on-one time we need as a couple. But we have been doing these annual honeymoon retreats for over a decade. Each one is different, and we've gone to several different locations in New York and now Pennsylvania. 
This year, we went to Glassburn Inn in Fogelsville, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Glassburn. Link in the show notes. In fact, we love this place so much that we've made it our third visit. And it would have been a fourth. Thank you, COVID, because that trip was booked a few days after our anniversary in 2020, which happened to be March The 19th of 2020 would have been our first day at Glassburn, but the world shut down on the 17th, I believe, and we had to cancel. Just go to the link that's in the show notes and just take a guided tour from the website. You will see how amazing and how beautiful this place is. It's very elegant. The dining room, it's gorgeous. Just the stone against the wall, that facade, and then the huge fireplace and mantle and the brick, and the inside, and the windows, looking out over the farms, 40 acres of sprawling green rolling hills. It's amazing. My wife loves to get dressed up and enjoy a chicken breast, chicken roast, duck roast, filet mignon, roasted salmon, crab cake, all these different things that they have on the menu. And there's lots of really delicious vegetables that really makes Teresa love the meal. The thing that she loves most about the meal, oh, of course, it's spending time with me and really awesome conversation. No, that's not the only reason. She also loves it because she loves to get dressed up and be treated like a queen. And that's an amazing thing, which is part of her honeymoon. And then the other piece is that she doesn't have to cook. I mean, ladies, if you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, number one was great, Ken. Number two is nice. But seriously, number three, it's because... She didn't have to cook, dude. That's why she loves it so much. We were enjoying our second dinner where Teresa ordered the chicken and I ordered the quack. That'd be duck. Uh, the, 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 the head, it, it's, it's smiling at me. Okay, that was a little quick reference to the Christmas story. Anyway, when we were distracted, you were distracted by my dumb jokes, but we were distracted by the conversation at the table next to us. There were two couples in their mid to late 60s dining together. I want you to picture the scene. One lady of the four was talking quite a bit. In fact, she rambled on and on to the point that Teresa and I were considering switching tables. We couldn't believe that this woman didn't see what we saw. She wasn't reading the room as Vincent Puglisi from... The Wealth of Connection talks about this woman was highly educated, well-dressed, and very articulate with her opinions in so many wide-ranging topics in education, politics, even cooking. Yes, I listened. She was one table away. I was facing her table. Teresa was Her back was facing, so as I observed the table, all four dinner guests looked like they were happy, dressed well, smiling at each other, and three of them listening and nodding their heads in one chatterbox articulation to the max. She held the other three guests at her table spellbound with her intelligence Or did she? Did you hear a little sarcasm in my voice? I hope you do, because I'm laying it on pretty thick, as David Spade would say in Tommy Boy. Okay, referencing some older movies. Anyway, back to what I said a moment ago. She held the other three guests at her table spellbound with her intelligence. Or did she? Boom, boom, boom. 
Teresa and I were observing this play out, and here's what we decided to do. It was more fun to observe this foursome interact together, especially since Teresa and I had just finished reading The Wealth of Connection by Vincent. The other three at the table, as I said, were listening, nodding along, smiling, and mostly staring at her. There wasn't even an opportunity for any of the others to talk. I was watching. If one even hung their jaw for a quick moment, she would swoop in like a vulture and steal the potential words away from her guests. It was like she felt it was her job to entertain the dinner table. In that self-absorbed goal, she was absolutely successful. Slam dunk, you win. As I said, Teresa's back was to them, so she couldn't turn around. And she said to me, hey, hey, Ken. And she was whispering, are the others interested in what she was saying? I couldn't tell, as the other three were very quiet. They weren't fiddling around or doing other things. They were, at the surface, quite engaged in her conversation. But then... Something so amazing happened. She left, right? We had to listen to her. Well, that's not why it was amazing. It was an amazing study in human psychology. Okay, here's what happened. She left to go to the bathroom, and this is what happened. While she was gone, the other three all talked. They didn't talk at all before this, but when she was gone, they talked, and they shared the conversation evenly between the three of them. Their body language came alive. They nodded. They smiled. Their hands were moving. They were visibly having a quality conversation with three people at the table. Their level of engagement overall tripled, quadrupled, quintrupled, and such. It was a real conversation with each of the three having input and giving reactions. I was essentially narrating this to Teresa. She just still didn't want to turn around and she was just giggling like, wow, that really is happening behind me right now. I said, yeah, you wouldn't believe it. This is a podcast. She says, of course it is, Ken. Anything is a podcast for you now. Well, yeah, of course it is. It was what I told Teresa, a balanced conversation. And then I told Teresa this, hey, let's see how long it takes for that lady to come back and dominate again. She's like, okay, should we time it? No, let's let's just, let's just uh, okay, go, go, pretend you're eating. I am eating. Oh, okay, so just keep facing toward me. Let's uh, pretend we're talking, but we'll be listening. I know what you're thinking out there. That is so rude, Ken and Teresa. How could you? If you were in this particular seat where we were, about seven feet away, one table over, you can't not hear them. I mean, her. When they talked, just the three of them, it was a normal volume conversation. But when she was there, it's louder, and she's very loquacious, very articulate. The three are talking. I'm watching. The woman comes back. She sits down. She takes stock of the conversation. Tick tock, tick tock, I'm watching. I could tell she was postulating her next doctoral dissertation because her furrowed brow, squinting eyes, rubbing her chin, and looking around. What can I talk about? She's thinking, where can I step back in? The other three were still quite candid for three minutes about, I did time it just a tad bit. Then she opened her mouth and the other three stopped. 
their body language shrunk as they returned to listening or lecturer mode. It was really sad. Teresa says, Ken, what's happening? I hear the volume going up. Yes, that would be three people that were having a great conversation at normal dinner volume. Now are back to quiet, silent mode. And the one that doesn't know that she's talking too much is back in the driver's seat. She says, yeah, I can hear her. As the woman realized that the other three were in a conversation and engaged she started getting excited. I could see that her body language increase. She was like, wow, I've got an active and lively table. And then she swiftly stole the energy to do what Lauren Hill from the Fugees describes as killing me softly with my words. Killing me softly with my words, not caring about anyone else except myself. One time, two times, every time. That was totally unplanned. Editor, leave that in. That's going to make someone laugh and hopefully drive home the point. (laughs) Way too much fun Ken is having here and now talking like Yoda. Okay, back to this. Okay. Anyway, this is how we Teresa and I were just laughing. I mean, we're having a good time. I don't know how they didn't know we were totally spying on them. Spygate part two. The conversation did return to the default position shortly after the Killing Me Softly episode with total domination by one lady five years ago. I would have never noticed this, but I am so thankful that I now know how to read the room. This was a fascinating study in sociology and in human behavior. We finished our dinner. Thankfully, they were ahead of us. So they were on the dessert when she came back and they were out of there in about 15 minutes. We were so thankful. It's amazing. The volume of the restaurant retreated back to a normal level. My wife and I enjoyed our dessert in peace and quiet So what's the point? It should be pretty obvious. I have laid on the jokes, the sarcasm, and the play-by-play pretty thick. Here's my question. Does this story bother you at all? Does it get under your skin? Have you been trapped in one-way conversations like this? Whether at a dinner table, in a meeting, networking group, conference, talking to friends at church, and one person has no clue that they're dominating the room, the table, the conversation. They think that they are being received and liked more for their amazing articulation and nonstop talking. But what they don't realize is what you are thinking when you're listening to them or what me and Teresa were thinking when we were listening to this woman or what her three guests were thinking when they heard her talking over and over and over again, one time, two times, every time, right? Here's the question. Whenever we point to someone else, there's always three fingers pointing back at us. Are you talking too much? Are you that woman? Oh, if she were able to see the table from the perspective that I saw the table, do you think it would affect her or cause her to change? See, we all have an effect on other people. Are we allowing others to have an effect on us? What about the three that didn't talk or say anything? They weren't doing her any favors by letting her talk. Any one of them could have started speaking. 
they could have made a comment directed at one of the other three just like they did when she was gone it's just as much their fault do you hear me if you're in a conversation and you allow someone to dominate it's your fault too oh but i'm a people pleaser i don't want to hurt their feelings do you realize that by not saying anything or letting them know what they're doing you're not helping them Saying something is being generous. Ooh, that's tough to say, but it's true. Go back to the interview that Vincent Puglisi and I did where he talked about this exact scenario. These three 60-somethings absolutely allowed themselves to become three students in a professor's classroom versus four people out to dinner. The one that was talking had no curiosity about any of the others. She had lots of opinions on lots of things, and she was not afraid to share them. I have no interest in being around people like that. How about you? So let me ask you one more time. Are you one of these people? Are you talking too much? If so... It's time to look in the mirror and make the change, like Michael Jackson tells us. That was a super fun podcast to do. As you can tell, I had a ton of fun. I also want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, The Teabag Company. Make sure to check out my interview with The Teabag Company founder entitled Respectful, Reliable, Responsible with Damon Washington. And remember, you can purchase any of the teabag products at a 10% discount through the Smart Cleaning School Resources page. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.